0: Welcome back to the Fantasy Front Office podcast for the week of January 21st, 2019. This is 2019's kickoff episode. I know we said that back in December, but this is really the 2019 kickoff. Uh, Lots of moves have been made since we last were in your ear holes So, we're going to dive into all sorts of fun, a couple mocks that we've done, and pretty much kind of gloss over and hit most of the free agent acquisitions so far, and whether they're a positive fantasy value or a negative now in their new home. And now, entering your ears, your fantasy front office. So around the front office with me is Todd, our normal co-host. Phil is off in Miami on assignment. And joining us today, we have two of our contributing writers, Daniel and Andrew. Thanks for joining us on this episode, guys. So to start off, where can everybody find your writing other than the fantasy front office? Dan, why don't you start us off?
1: Find me at DanJPreciado on Twitter. Most of my stuff I'll be retweeting, so you'll be able to find all my writing there.
2: Andrew, how about you? Yep, and you can find me at, at FantasyA1 on Twitter. I always post all the links to articles there. And Todd, remind
0: the people where they can find you and learn more about all the little projects you've got going on.
3: Yep, you can find everything on uh, my new podcast, the Swingman Podcast, at
0: GoldieHappens on uh, Twitter for all updates. And I am your host, Front Office Jer. We're hoping to kick off a good 2019 here. So let's dive in. Daniel, Andrew, you guys were part of a big fantasy mock with the CBS Fantasy based baseball gurus over there what was the format like
2: very i found it very interesting scoring Especially because I haven't played in a lot of points leagues.
0: Yeah, the fact that wins were equal to saves
1: was very interesting. I mean, at a seven-point value, uh, makes a lot of guys too. As far as hitters go, uh, it's only a negative point five for a strikeout, which brought some of the guys up for me that say like a Joey Gallo type uh, that strike out a lot but get points in the in a variety of other ways. So it put some guys up on my draft board a little bit.
0: Yeah, that would definitely bring some guys up to the surface where you really would avoid normally and only half a point for strikeout gotcha all right well how did you guys do andrew how'd your team wind up because i believe you wound up with the first pick
2: i did and uh i went max scherzer uh... wait wait hold up
0: you didn't go <laughs> Trout or bet? Did,
2: You know, I was looking through the points and I was just thinking, and um, Scott White, who wrote the uh, a great article uh, on CBS about the Mock, perfectly encapsulated why I did Scherzer. You just don't find those starting pitchers that go deep anymore because everyone goes to their bullpen. And with wins being seven points and quality being three, uh, Scherzer could potentially get 10 just from that. Well, and as I was looking at it, innings pitched if
0: completed are three points so if he goes 70 innings gets the win what 21 plus seven? that's 28 points plus whatever strikeouts he gets
2: yeah and plus a quality start which is us with their points oh wow
0: i i can understand that i can definitely understand that i don't see trout racking up 30 point games uh maybe two or three games combined
2: yeah I, I, it was pretty interesting. It was it was the first time I really went pitcher heavy. My first five picks were pitchers. I've I've never done that before in a mock. Uh, my rotation is Scherzer, Walker, Bueller, Aaron Nola, uh, Miles Mikolas. I picked him a lot. Him up a lot earlier than I usually would. Just because he is the type of guy uh, that goes seven innings, so he's going to rack up those inning points. And then went with Flaherty as my number five. You know, it, which left me having to scramble around for some offense. But it, it set up what I think is the best rotation in the mall. Ah, uh,
0: that's definitely a formidable rotation there. Uh, plus, Flaherty's been working out with Bob Gibson over the off season.
2: Uh yeah, I've heard. You know, he's you know he's working on that great slider of his. I think he, he can develop. You know, this this guy, uh, he's looking like. Like, you know, a uh, future potential number one guy. Definitely could. Daniel, how'd your mock turn
0: out? Uh Where were you picking? I was at the ten spot in the draft.
1: You know what I'm going to say? My mock didn't go as well as Andrew's, and you know, I'm looking <laughs> over his team right now to speak. You know what? I went into the draft prioritizing pitching, and it really didn't turn out that way. You can look at my roster. I mean, I took Justin Verlander at the two spot at uh the 15th pick overall, and I really didn't touch pitching outside of that for a while. I mean, my rotation was Verlander, Evaldi, Newcomb, Bieber, and Andrew Heaney, which is pretty weak in my opinion. I mean, there's some intrigue with some of those guys, but uh, not as formidable as, say, Andrews. I went really, really hitter-heavy, obviously, since I didn't draft pitching. I ended up with guys like Javier Baez, Anthony Rendon, who I took a little too early. My first over, like my first round pick was Christian Yalich. Got Corey Seager on a bargain. But overall, I mean, I thought it was a decent mock for me. It's just I wish I would have prioritized pitching a little bit more and had stuck to the plan. But I mean, it just didn't work that way with pitchers flying off the board in in the first round or two
0: now we did have a third man in this 12-man mock uh james cubby noel on twitter he was in it and he did actually really well uh out of the five spot started off with Lindor, cole bauer uh he went wit in the fourth round reese hoskins tommy Pham, zach wheeler uh, he's looking pretty formidable as well. Um, I did hear he, he sniped you, Andrew, looking there in like the 16th round.
2: Yeah. Harrison Bader, you know, he, I, my man crushed for going 2019. I mean, you know, he's just, uh, his defense is going to keep him in. So I know people are talking about his average, but he's going to get the steals and he's hit. 20 home runs in the minors before so 15 to 20 is isn't out of the question for him if he plays every day
0: right and he's going to get the majority of at bats there out of center field i don't see somebody stealing too many at bats from him um especially with the rest of that lineup either in front or behind him uh it's pretty formidable so pitchers went really quickly off the board that's kind of the trend in this league i can see that with the points any other random trends that you guys saw or saw developing over the course of it
1: um you know personally I didn't see anything like in particular that I was kind of surprised about outside of the starting pitching I'm looking at like the results right now two guys got taken in the first round starting pitching and then it seemed like in the second and third round that second tier of pitching right behind the like the DeGrom Scherzer tier they just flew off the board Kluber, Cole, Verlander who I took, Snell and Severino even Bueller, I, I saw Andrew take them Uh, with the final pick of the second round, I I mean, I love the pick. I was just a little bit surprised. I love Walker Buehler. But just to see the pitching flying off the board, it was was kind of funny to see because I'm not used to that, um, typically doing roto. But head-to-head points, I mean, like Andrew hit on earlier, pitching is just such a valuable part of that format.
0: Yeah, definitely looks like it. Now, you're also going to be reporting for Dodgers Nation, aren't you? So we're going to be seeing a lot of Walker Buehler stuff out of you in 2019 as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's my guy, Walker Buehler. Um, I expect big things from him. He showed it last year. I expect a lot of the same thing
0: this year. Are are we looking at a pitch count with him this year, or is he just the ace they're going to run out there every five days.
1: A lot of Dodger fans would disagree with me. A lot of people still think Kershaw's the ace, but I i mean, just looking at the numbers, we know Walker Buehler may have overtaken him most likely. It, I mean, decreasing velocity with Kershaw, stuff like that, but I wouldn't think any pitch count would be placed on him, but they always handle their uh, their top young pitching with kids' gloves in a way. They did with Julio Urias for a while.
0: Well, all their rotation they do.
1: Yeah, very true. I mean, they're, when you have depth like that, I guess you can afford to.
0: So 180 innings is possible, or that's kind of the goal with Bueller? Absolutely. I, I think I think that he should get there. He goes pretty
1: deep into games. There's, there's often times, though, where he will go five innings and he'll run up the pitch count to about 95, 100. Um, but then there's other times where he is insanely efficient. He'll be able to go seven or eight and still be on a really good pitch count. So I think 180 innings really isn't out of the question.
0: Solid. Great work in representing the front office there with the uh, majority of the fantasy world looking on. We ended up with three solid teams in that format. So let's turn our attention to some of these free agents who have signed on with new teams. Uh, there was a lot of changing hands. Yasmani Grandal is now with the Brewers. Him in Miller Park, I'm seeing that as a net positive for him, uh, just due to the hitters park that soon to no longer be Miller Park is for hitters. Over the Dodgers Stadium, are you seeing anything negative? For him, not in particular.
1: I think it's just going to be a net positive. I think the power is going to play even more so. Uh, I would go as far as saying that thirty homers, thirty to thirty-five, isn't out of the question in that ballpark if he uh, gets the majority of the abs at the catcher spot. I mean, which we expect him to do. There's not really any uh, guys behind him that we would expect to take abs from him. Manny Pena is not amazing. No. Um, so yeah, I, I'd expect maybe thirty home runs from him this year. I mean, he's gotten close to it. At Dodger Stadium.
3: Yeah, and I completely agree. I mean, that is a
0: absolute dream landing spot for a Grandola. All right. Now, one of the earliest signers this offseason was Andrew McCutcheon. Signed on with the Phillies, kind of filling one of the outfield slots, and they're kind of holding holding ground, waiting on a a Harper to actually sign with them. Todd, what are you liking out of McCutcheon there in Philadelphia?
3: You know, I really do like the landing spot it's a lot better than san francisco was and you know mccutcheon at this point of his career he's a kind of boring but steady 20 home run guy stole 14 bases last year which was the most since 2014 for him so you're going to get a little bit of speed a little bit of everything um ideally he hits towards the top of the lineup for the phillies so he could produce a lot of runs out of that spot so it's definitely an upgrade over where he spent most of the year the Giants last season. So it, it's a good spot. The only thing I worry about is if they um, sign Harper or another outfielder, that'd be um, maybe a little bit more playing time issues than um, usual just with his age. And, you know, he played 155 games last year, so maybe you see a little bit of a dip if they do add another outfielder. But overall, real consistent, just he's going to get his numbers. Solid, safe pick from McCutcheon. Um,
0: the Mets have been making... All sorts of moves. Uh, they landed a catcher in free agency with Wilson Ramos. I'm seeing that as a positive for him and for their team. They definitely need somebody that's going to be there the majority of the time. He does come with his own injury risks. But granted, they've had Darno and Ploweki, Like, a couple, a couple of no-name catchers that have just held down the fort. Uh... This does put Ramos probably in, what, the top five to seven catchers, depending on what your league format is, if it's one catcher, two catcher, and whatnot. But the other one that they picked up was Jed Lowry. Do we see this as an improvement over the athletics for him? I mean, any time you leave the Oakland Coliseum, it has to be at least somewhat
3: of an upgrade. Um, but to the Mets? Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a downgrade, but it's not a massive upgrade either. Lowry's a guy who has really found consistency. Uh, 801 OPS in 2017, 808 OPS last year, which he parlayed in the 23 homers. And I really wish Keith was here for this. Uh, Jed Lowry, that's his guy. <laughs> yeah. And his ADP on NFBC right now is 269, which Give I me
2: that all absolutely day. love.
3: So that at that price, I love Jed Lowry.
2: Yeah, when I think of Jed Lowry signing with the Mets, all I can think of is rest in peace, Jeff McNeil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently he's going to get some work in the outfield as well.
0: They're almost transitioning him to a multi-position utility guy, especially with Robbie Cano also in the mix
3: but I mean, the good news for O'Neill is that the Mets are the most injury prone team probably in all sports so
0: <laughs> he's that. it's a good spot to be a
3: utility <laughs> man for
0: this is true DJ LeMayhew is now a Yankee biding his time to see where he's going to line up and be a starter but I saw an absurd absurd projection of his hits last year overlaid at Yankee Stadium which would have given him if he'd played all his games at Yankee Stadium with some like 57 home runs mostly due to his opposite field hitting, where a lot of those at Coors Field off the wall or were caught deep. I mean, is there any negative to him being a Yankee other than it's the Yankees? (laughs) Nope, no negatives there.
1: You know what, I I guess the only thing you can say about that is uh, just leaving course. You never know what you really what's going to translate, you know, at Yankee Stadium. Even though it still is a hitter's ballpark, and he does that ha- have that opposite field ability, I would expect a downturn in his stats unless. I mean, if you were to drive up his launch angle a little bit, it might work out for him, but you never know. I, I don't know what to expect out of him. I'm honestly avoiding Lemayhew. I think he's still getting, uh, getting a little too much credit with the ADP.
0: Yeah, a little bit of the Coors bump there with ADP. Everybody's a little over-anxious to cash in on the potential power upgrade for him uh yeah. nelson cruz and jonathan scope both wind up in minnesota uh definitely a change uh, scope pretty much a one-year deal to see if he can recover he's got a lot of holes in his swing maybe he'll just get lucky a few times the al central is pretty weak uh pad his stats a little bit but nelly cruz he could be a stability in that
2: lineup there he most definitely will be at yeah, I write him off every year and every year he proves me wrong. I, he's just kind of like Adrian Beltre. He doesn't age.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, he's put up what
0: uh, 35 plus for four straight years, five straight years in Seattle of all places. Yeah. Five straight years of a 37 plus. Wow. So that's,
3: reliable as it gets and i mean that's an awesome deal just baseball wise for the twins getting him for just one year 14 million that i'm surprised there wasn't a bigger market for Cruz.
0: yeah i'm surprised somebody didn't flash some additional cash and score him tampa bay could have really used him as dh that would yeah. have been a massive upgrade there uh michael brantley is now with the astros are, are you guys avoiding him like the plague or do you see this as a benefit to him, can he get better? Uh, 17 homers, 12 stolen bases last year for the Indians.
1: Michael Brantley's always been uh, a guy who I've liked. I understand that he's always been injury-prone, especially uh, heading into this year with the Astros. I mean, if if you place him at the top of the order, he's going to score a ton of runs in that lineup. I, I'm i buying this year, even though I don't expect a lot of other people to. I like where, he, where he's sitting. I forgot exactly where he went in today's draft, but I liked it. I, I actually wrote him down in my notes, I'm like on the side note, uh, of a guy to target heading into other drafts.
3: Yeah, I mean, what's good with Brantley is that when he plays, he's good. He's never, you go through his year-by-year stats, he's never have really had a bad season. And he played 143 games last year. He proved he could stay healthy. He stole 12 bases, so obviously the legs were healthy. So I love the landing spot in Houston in a really good lineup. Hopefully he hits top of the lineup, scores a bunch of runs.
0: Yeah, Brantley went uh, 80th overall, just behind mm-hmm. Daniel Murphy, who's now with the Rockies. Uh, could be playing a good chunk of first base, second base there for them uh, behind Trinan, Wheeler, Ozuna, Kimbrell, and Diaz. uh, Three closers there in the seventh round, which seventh round for Brantley in Houston is really nice. Uh, Now, Todd, you did bring somebody up to me that kind of went underplayed. Uh, This was a move the... Sneaky raise just made. Avasel Garcia. What are you yeah. finding in him and why didn't more teams throw cash at him? Well,
3: one of the big issues with Garcia was he was really banged up and he's missed a lot of time in his career. He's only played over hundred and twenty games twice. But you know, most teams will look at him and he had maybe the flukiest season of all time in 2017 where he had a 392 uh BABB, which is which is insane. But what I do like about um, Garcia was he hit the ball on the ground too much in 2017 and he made changes to uh, try to fix that 19 homers and 385 uh, plate appearances and just looking at like the stat cast stats he had a career high 11.6 barrel rate he raised his launch angle from 7.6 to 9.6 and he uh, had a career high hard uh, hit rate at 43.2 so he's making good adjustments when he was healthy you know 19 homers was actually a career high for him so he's the guy who at 371, according to NFBC, that's his ADP right now, I really, really like him. He's going to get a shot to split time between the outfield and DH with the Rays, where he didn't really get the DH much on the White Sox. So, I mean, at, two, at 371, I really like Abysol Garcia. And he only caught a what, $3.5 million deal, a little bit of incentives on there. But I think he's a guy who flew under radar. I think he can have a pretty nice year in Tampa.
0: Definitely a back half of the draft kind of guy that's yeah. a, a flyer pick, a fourth, fifth outfielder, uh, utility yeah. guy that'll help fill in some of those playing stats. Uh, let's turn to the pitching side here. UC Kikuchi, the Mariners, of course, the Seattle Mariners, wound up with another Japanese import. And Daniel, what are you seeing out of him?
1: He's the type of guy I like to target in draft Right now, I think he's getting underplayed. There's really no uh, no hype surrounding him. But in the scouting report, you look at it, supposedly the guy can reach 96 to 98 miles an hour. He doesn't sit there, but he can definitely top that. There were, I believe in 2017, he had an ERA under two in the DePont Professional League, which is fantastic, obviously. I was looking at his NFBC ADP, and it's at 179, which to me, that's a great deal. For a guy that has good stuff and has actually proven himself at a pretty competitive league, he's going right Right behind Keichel, Rich Hill, and Drew Heaney in uh, NFBC, right above like the Quintana, John Gray here, which I, I would take him there. I, I like where he's at.
0: Yeah, I definitely take a flyer there. A few other like starting pitchers that could be on your radar. Mike Fires, his second half with Oakland after the trade, he was really good and I really like that he stayed with Oakland. He's going to be there for the next couple years. Definitely somebody to have on your radar to watch and see if he can continue that role that he was on. This one's under the radar. A late rotation bolstering move that you might look at. Anibal Sanchez. He's not the same pitcher that he was in Detroit. He prioritized using his cutter, and that really made him a different pitcher in 2018. Be on the lookout later in drafts uh, for him. Charlie Morton, of course, solid year, solid last couple years with the Astros, is now with the Tampa Bay Rays. Definitely somebody to look at. They shouldn't be using an opener with him, but you never know, it's Tampa Bay. Uh, Let's turn to the bullpen. Andrew, your Cardinals bolstered it with a big relief pitcher signing here with Andrew Miller. What's your excitement level at?
2: Uh, My excitement level as a Cardinal fan, through the roof. (laughs) <laughs> My excitement for a fantasy owner uh kind of lukewarm i think they're gonna split time between andrew miller and jordan hicks in the closing role, depending on matchups uh hicks has been working on a slider all season it's just gonna get better and, and everyone knows how hard hicks can throw and i just i just see those two i just see them being matched to who whatever the matchup is who's just get to save that day
0: i i can definitely see a lot of teams going to this tandem or by committee thing. Uh, Daniel, Where what do you see in an Andrew Miller? Um, you know what? Just
1: like Andrew alluded to, um, I expect the same thing. Andrew Miller and Jordan Hicks split time in that role. I think Jordan Hicks should take over entirely, but, I mean, we'll see what happens there. I've always been the guy to draft the Andrew Miller, Dellin Batanzas type, just to bolster the strikeout totals, the ERA. Miller may just need to prove himself this one season. For me to trust him again after last year, I know he dealt with a ton of injuries, just wasn't the same. So we'll see what he can do in Cardinal uniform, but uh, he's Andrew Miller. He's been one of the best relievers, if not the best reliever for a couple of those seasons in there. I expect a bounce back here.
0: I'm in the same camp. I'm seeing a little bit of a bounce back here with the Cardinals, probably sitting later innings and sniping a few saves here. But I kind of hope Hicks can just hold it down as a closer. Now, a couple of disappointing relief pitcher signings were both by the Yankees, and owners of these guys are really kind of in a pickle, because they definitely won't be having save opportunities unless Chapman goes down. Ottavino and Britton, maybe some late-inning work, maybe some win snipes, but it's going to be interesting. Daniel, what are you seeing at Ottavino?
1: Uh, he's another guy that I believe he's going to put up good ratios. He did last year, I've always liked that big slider he's had, you know, watching him as a, as a Dodger fan pitching for the Rockies. He's just a guy to look at if you're looking for those ratio booster-type pitchers. Obviously, like you said, Aroldis Chapman, he's got that closers roll locked down. But that bullpen is so good. There's a lot of guys to target outside of even Ottavino. Britain, like you mentioned, uh, Chad Green, Batances, like I said earlier. Uh Guys like that are always good for the roster, especially with starting pitching. Not throwing too many innings anymore. There's not too many guys topping the 200 plateau.
0: Yeah, seeing the same thing with Britain, Britain Probably uh, eighth inning guy there for the Yankees. Between the Yankees and Astros, those are definitely bullpens that you're going to want at least one of the guys on your roster, um, especially late in drafts grab one or two just to help out with everything across the board and they should rack up innings probably not 60 70 innings when they're in they're going to be getting quality innings a former yankee bullpen arm david robertson has found a new home in philadelphia and is he the man in philadelphia there daniel
1: i still want it to be sir anthony dominguez personally i think his stuff is just gonna play better david robertson has been fantastic for the last few seasons. So I, I expect it to be somewhat of a battle. They might give it to Robertson to start off, but you know the way Gabe Kapler manages that team. I wouldn't be surprised if nobody locks down the closers role.
0: Right, and he just goes rolling the dice by committee every game.
1: Absolutely. And you never know where Kimbrel's going to land. I, I've seen rumors uh, linking Kimbrel to the Phillies, so that could just make it a moot point in the end.
0: True. They have been gunning for Harper, uh, Keuchel, and Kimbrel was the latest rumor that they were aiming for all three of those guys.
2: And with David Robertson, i just point out that. Uh, I love Sir Anthony Dominguez too, but late in the season he did lose his job to Pat Neshek towards the end there, so I personally would lean David Robertson as opening day closer. Yeah. The only
3: thing about Robertson though is that the Phillies have a very right handed bullpen with uh Dominguez, mm-hmm. Nishek, all those guys. And Robertson was dominant against lefties the last two years. Um, lefties hit one seventy two against them last year and they hit one forty against him in two thousand seventeen. So I'm a little worried that they might use him more against lefties earlier in the game and, you know, hold them back on the closer role. So that's just something to watch out on on Robertson.
0: Yeah, the Phillies have a slew of young arms um even well it's still uh, the Hector Neris right Mm -hmm. yeah um
3: Victor young guys
0: Victor Orano Hector Neris once he came back up from his little minor stint was really nice there we go Luis Garcia is a solid arm in the Phillies bullpen Idubre Ramos was also a really nice bullpen arm there Pat Nishek as was mentioned de los Santos as well like, they are stocked with young arms, as well as Robertson now. So that will be interesting to see how all that shakes out, who makes the major league roster, and if they end up scoring a Kimbrel type. And the recent signing of Cody Allen to the Angels. Todd, what are you seeing out of that? He wasn't good last year. <laughs> That's very, <No. laughs> uh,
3: very obvious. While I do like he did have a 10.75k per nine, he did have a career high in walks per nine. And also that K-9 was his worst since his rookie year. But what I do like is he is going to have the opportunity to close for the Angels. He was very outspoken about wanting that opportunity. Obviously, the Angels giving it to him. So that's a pretty nice gig if he can run away with it. His current uh, ADP is 241 in NFBC, which is all right. But um, he's going to have the opportunity to close. If you're in a saves league, he's got to be a guy you look at, maybe at a discount just because, yeah, it wasn't pretty last year, but he's going to get a chance to come
0: back. Definitely a bounce-back candidate, but we will have to see on that. All right, gents, we will sign off for now and be back in your ear holes soon. Daniel, where can the people find you?
1: You can find me at DanJPreciado on Twitter.
0: Andrew, where can they find you? They can find me at, at fantasy 81 on Twitter. Todd? And you can find me at GoldieHappens
3: on Twitter. And check out my new podcast, uh, the sister podcast at the Fantasy Friend Office, the Swingman Podcast, DSP.
0: Find that wherever you find your podcast, and if you can't find it, shoot us a message and we will try to get it on there. Uh, I just learned that you can submit to iHeartRadio, so maybe we'll be on there soon. Uh, Gonna be doing that here this week. But I have been Front Office chair. Follow the pod at FanFrontOffice. And of course, visit us at our home on the web, (laughs) FanFrontOfficePodcast.com. And we've got merch now. Head to the website, hit the merch tab, and check out what we've got in the store. Dan, how's that shirt working out?
1: Uh, I like it. They're really high quality, real soft. Anybody else get one yet?
0: Yeah, I got the uh,
3: black one. I also got the stickers, which I really like the stickers. Put it on my hydro flask. So big fan of the
0: stickers, too. Yeah, I'm looking at a notebook. Picked up a couple T-shirts. Got one in green. Got my uh, St. Paddy's Day covered. And (laughs) uh, got one of the mock-out shirts as well. So it is mock season. Make sure to pick up your shirt soon. And until next time, we have been the Fantasy Front Office.